house homes, we all would take a lighter. Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105 1 FM, just after 12 noon here on a Thursday, September 21st in Richmond, Virginia, live and local here. Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And we'll break down all the good ACC college football games this weekend. You've got some great storylines with UVA facing off against Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong at NC State. You've got Virginia Tech and the Grant Wells revenge game going back to Marshall where he was at before he transferred to the Hokies. We'll break that down with Roddy Jones from the ACC Network at 2 p.m. and also get his take on the big-time matchup of Florida State against Clemson. We will give you guys my keys to victory for the Washington Commanders and look at the history of Washington against Buffalo and how does Washington stack up position by position to the Buffalo Bills. J.P. Finley from Beat Mitch and Finley had Diana Russini on the show earlier today, and she was talking about the impact that Eric Bieniemy's made in Washington. And she said, quote, when you win and it works, you can't complain about it. This was an organization that needed discipline. The reason Ron Rivera hired him is just what you're seeing, the intensity and identity. And I did my film review last night on Sam Howell against the Denver Broncos, and that was the biggest thing that stuck stuck out to me there is just the attention to detail. The team ran so many different screen passes, but they were different types of screens. You know, you had the typical running back screen to Robinson, and then you had one where they faked it to Robinson and went to Cole Turner, and then another one where it was a misdirection and it went back to Robinson, and then one to Gibson for 30 yards. The creativity is why they hired Eric Bieniemy, and he's making an impact immediately, and that is the reason the commanders are 2-0 with a chance to go 3-0 on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. And I told you guys earlier this week, I have officially talked myself into believing that the Commanders will get the dub. Look, this is a Bills team that scored on six of their first eight drives against the Vegas Raiders last week. So, Washington's going to have to score 30-plus points to win this game. The thing is, this year, that's possible. It's different from all other years. All other years, this team could barely score 21 points. This year, they just put up 35 and could have had more. Could have had 42 if they didn't miss a couple field goals there. Um, So, look, I believe Washington can and will score 30-plus points and defeat the Buffalo Bills. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. But we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world with the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The Sports app. All right, let's start in Major League Baseball. Washington Nationals had a day game at home. And, man, did they come to play Lane Thomas, the Lane Train. We've been talking about him all season long, about the pleasant surprise he's been at the plate. Well, he connects at the plate for a grand slam to left center as the Nats take an 8-1 lead in just the third inning against the White Sox yesterday afternoon. Here's the call on WJFK. 4-1 Nationals, base is loaded. The 1-0 pitch. Swing a long drive, left field, forget about it. This is going to be a grand slam for Lane Thomas. 
He brings them all in. Nationals 8, White Sox 1. Halfway up section 103, and no doubter off the bat of Thomas. Number 26 on the season. Give him 84 RBIs. And then in the fourth inning. The Nationals, the fourth grand slam they have hit this year. In the fourth inning, Dominic Smith would step to the plate, and he has also been tearing the crap out of the laces this year for the Washington Nationals. He hits a solo home run to left as the Nationals improve with a 9-1 lead in the fourth inning against the White Sox. Three balls, two strikes. The pitch to Smith. This way to fly ball. Well hit to left center field. Chasing back Benintendi. Still going back. This one over his head. Has a chance, and it's gone. It clears the 377 mark and lands on the bullpen mound in the White Sox pen. A home run for Dom Smith opposite field makes it 9-1. Number 11 on the season for Smith and his second here in this series. That ball just kept on carrying it out of here to left center field. So the lone all-star this season for the Washington Nationals was Josiah Gray, but the team MVP, I think most people would agree, was Joey Manessis, and he connected with a two-run home run as the Nats got a 12-1 lead, final score 13-3 as they defeat the Chicago White Sox at home. Here's the call of Manessis' two-run home run on WJFK. Here's the kick and the pitch. Swing by Manessis and a drive to deep left. Way back. Going, going, and gone. Goodbye. Bang. Zoom goes Joey Manessis on a fastball from Davey Garcia. He lands that ball halfway up section 104. And now Joey Manessis has an RBI. Home run number 13, RBI number 85. And 86 with a two-run homer with Thomas aboard. Well, now the Nats. Now the Nationals 12, and the White Sox one. Now the Nats host the Atlanta Braves tonight. First pitch at 7:05 with Jake Irvin on the mound for the 68 and 85 Washington Nationals. Let's move over to college football here on the Sports App. So the biggest liability right now for sports books around the country is Shador Sanders winning the Heisman Trophy. All right, Colorado's quarterback and the son of Deion Sanders, Shador Sanders, is currently listed at plus 1,800 behind Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Quinn Evers, Sam Hartman, and Jordan Travis. According to BetMGM, 20% of the Heisman bets, though, are on Sanders If Shador Sanders wins it, it would do the most financial damage to the bookmakers. We'll dive into the great college football games this weekend later on in the show. But right now, Colorado is 21-point dogs against Oregon. And they will be without Travis Hunter, the star who's been playing both sides of the football. He'll miss three weeks. Let's move over to the NFL as the Rams and Cam Akers are parting ways. The Rams made a trade with Minnesota yesterday. All right. The Vikings will send a conditional 2026 sixth-round pick to the Rams in exchange for Akers and a conditional seventh-round pick in 2026. So I think that's good for Minnesota to get their running game a bit of a boost. They let Dalvin Cook walk in the offseason. Alexander Madison has not been good enough for the Vikings so far this season. It's part of the reason why they are 0-2. And the Rams just weren't using Cam Akers. So I understand moving on from them. What's going on in Chicago, though? 
crazy story yesterday. Allen Williams resigned from his position with the team. The Chicago Bears announced Wednesday morning. Ian Rappaport with NFL Network had this quote from the Chicago Bears. It is with great regret that I tender my resignation as the defensive coordinator effective immediately. I am taking a step back to take care of my health and my family. I appreciate the opportunity to work with Chicago, a storied NFL franchise. Well, then rumors and reports would come out later in the day that the FBI was raiding his household. We're trying to follow this story here. It's a bit confusing as there was conflicting reports from uh, numerous members of the media, but more on the Bears. It was a crazy day yesterday in Chicago as Justin Fields was getting harassed by the media for a comment that he made about the play calls. Well, then he said to the media today, quote, you guys are doing jobs to get clicks. So it's like, take my quote out of context, and we can just say that. If you paint the picture on the inside out, y'all are trying to split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. It is a disaster right now in Chicago. That's why yesterday I canceled the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields looks like he's regressed and taken a step back from last year. I do believe his comments the day before were taking a shot at the coaching staff. He doesn't like the play call. You know what? I don't like it either. They need to free him up to just kind of do the magic that he did last year, which is run the ball because you know what? He can't throw. <laughs> We've seen that in two years now in the NFL. He just can't make the throws. So we'll be following the Chicago Bears and that craziness. Uh, last thing here on the sports app, talk a little soccer as Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba left Inter Miami's match yesterday in the first half. They'll miss the next match. All right, I know nobody cares about the MLS, but I thought it was hilarious. Messi got hurt in the 37th minute by the by halftime. Half the building had left. They paid all this money to go see Messi play. Messi gets hurt, and you know what? They'd had enough. They're done with Inter Miami in the game yesterday. This is the Champions League music, and there was some great Champions League matches yesterday, including Bayern Munich defeating Manchester United 4-3 thanks to Leroy Sané's 28th-minute goal. Nabry scores in the 32nd minute, and then Harry Kane. Oh, Harry Kane with a penalty, and he defeats Manchester United 4-3. Arsenal with a 4-0 victory over PSV. Real Madrid with a 90-plus-minute Goal from Jude Bellingham defeats Union Berlin 1-0. Napoli over Braga 2-1. And Inter, My Inter Milan ties Real Sociedad 1-1. There was Champions League action on Tuesday as well with PSG defeating Dortmund 2-0 and Manchester City cruising to victory 3-0. The Premier League comes back this Saturday with some uh, interesting matchups as well. Uh, my boys at Chelsea don't play until Sunday, 9 a.m. against Aston Villa. This was the sports app here on AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. 
So we'll break down Commanders against the Bills with David Harrison, who covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated. He'll hop on the show at 1.30. Open up the phone lines at 1 p.m. Call in. Call AWOT, 833-804-0910. How do you feel about Washington's chances to go 3-0 at home against Buffalo? And we'll step behind enemy lines with Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase from Buffalo. He covers the Bills. He'll join the show in about 15 minutes. But right now, I mention it. We do it every Thursday. I watched two hours of film, the All-22, thanks to NFL Plus last night. It's time for AWOD's Film Review Week 2. So, the number one theme that I noticed, Eric Bieniemy's misdirection, the creativity. I mean, my goodness. He is fun to watch he he really is fun to watch it, it is it's like last year i'm watching the game and based on the formation i had a, a hint at what was going to go on this year i'm confused you know I, i'm following one player with my eyes the ball's going in a different direction it's eric bianami's creativity how about this from matthew paris of the washington times he says through two games Howell has completed nine of washington's 10 screen attempts, good for a league high, 103 yards. According to Pro Football Focus, the 23-year-old was a perfect 7 of 7 for screen passes against Denver, connecting on big gains of 36, 21 yards, and 21 yards. Howell, 10.3 yards per attempt on screen passes, ranks fourth in the NFL, behind only Anthony Richardson, Jordan Love, and Tua Tagovailoa. How does it work? Details, details, details. Sam Howell said, quote, We've put so much time into it, and throughout the spring, OTS and training camp, and then in the preseason, we put a lot of work into our screen game. There's a big emphasis on that, and we talk about it when we install those screens. It's very detailed. Even William Bradley King on the defensive side of the ball for Washington said, It's all about the timing. It's all about the game flow. CEB, he plays Madden. You can tell. Oh, I love that quote. He knows when it's second and long, the pass rush is going to be coming a little bit. So that's when you set him up with the screen. It's chess, not checkers at this point. Love that quote from William Bradley King. So we begin the film review with the first drive here. And Biennemi starts the game with a run. And then, just like we talked about, a screen pass. Just a red herring for what would carve Denver's defense to pieces later in this game. Third down and short. Sam Howell makes one of the most impressive throws of his young career. All right. Howell has multiple guys open. He needs time in the pocket, so you got to give credit to the offensive line. But he delivers a strike for 20 yards. It is Dotson who makes the catch. The replay shows Dotson got across the formation in motion and then went back to where he originally lined up. It's the pre-snap motion that is so impressive from Eric Bieniemy's play calling, and I really thought, watching that replay, it's a good tactic for a young quarterback, right? Because you're going to see, hey, Hal knows his primary receiver on the route is Jahan Dotson. Well, he's going to line him up and then put him in motion so then the quarterback can see what type of defense they're going to play on him. Hal took a hit on the throw, and uh, it was really impressive stuff. Then... The second screen of the game. This one to McLaurin for seven yards. So you're seeing two different running back screens, a tight end screen, now a screen to McLaurin, the wide receiver. Next play, 
Another screen. I mean, we're talking about the third screen of just the first drive of the game, and it's Robinson Jr. for 30 yards. The offense is cooking. The enemy had Denver's defense completely fooled on that play. When I watched the replay, all right, you had wide five wide receivers, all right, including Brian Robinson Jr., which scares Denver because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and the fact that they're throwing it to him more this season. Well, Robinson Jr. motions into the backfield, and Denver's defense was not set up for this screen. They only had one guy to block, and boom, Robinson's out for 30 yards. That's the misdirection that we're talking about here with Eric Bieniemy. Then a good throw to Bates uh, on the next throw, uh, but the tip pass is tipped incomplete. Third down, and Denver's defense holds strong with a sack. Gibson was open here. Hal missed him because he was looking downfield. This was also a theme of my film review. I'm not going to go too hard on Sam Howell because he's a young quarterback, but it seems like he loves that deep shot, and he's forgetting that Antonio Gibson is a good option on check down routes because of his speed. And you know what? That missed opportunity on third down made it a longer field goal, and the field goal was missed. The Denver first drive, to me, it looked like a different player. Every single play made a mistake for Washington. Every single play was a different guy. One, it was Sweat. I mean, Montez Sweat has been so good this year. He doesn't contain Russell Wilson. He went after the running back. Russell keeps it for 15 yards. Then a jet sweep burns uh, Washington, and then Denver just walks into the end zone. That first drive, it was like there was no team chemistry, and uh, we have to be better on the first drive against Buffalo. You cannot go down 7 nothing against a team with that many weapons offensively. Commander's ball down seven. First play was a really good play call by Bienemy, getting Howell out of the pocket. You know, it was like he knew that Denver wanted to rush the quarterback and get sacks. The first drive, there were three screens. The second drive, they immediately roll Howell out, and he found Deami Brown. Next play was a run on second and short. Kind of the balance attacks there. Uh, attack there. First down, they set up Deami Brown in motion. All right. They ran this play last week and missed a deep shot. If you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Deami Brown runs in motion, doesn't stop his run, and, and burnt the cornerback, and they had him on the deep shot. Howell just didn't throw it. This time, instead of going deep, it's a comeback route. Howell hits him for six yards. I love the creativity from Bienemy changing a play from last week. Then it's another second and short. Bienemy has Curtis Samuel in pre-snap motion. The defense has to pay attention to him. Robinson picks up the middle, uh, picks up the first down up the middle with another run. The second and short, the ability to run the ball on second and short gives you, early in the game, gives you the opportunity to take a deep shot on second and short later in the game. Quick passing concept gets Washington another first down, but then Hal is sacked trying to take the deep shot. That's the second time where I thought Washington spread it out, had a chance to take the deep shot. Hal just hung on to it too long took the sack. Leno gets burnt and Washington takes another sack and look, that's where Howell makes his mistakes when he's behind in the sticks, right? And that's when I saw Sam Howell make his first interceptable ball of the game. I had him marked down as three interceptable passes in week one. Only one of them ended up getting intercepted. This was the first interceptable ball of week two. He was trying to force it to a covered receiver on third and 15, trying to play hero ball. Like I said, I saw another opportunity for him to dump it down to Gibson on the check down. Hopefully he will throw, he will learn not to throw that pass and play hero. Washington misses the field goal and down seven to three. So 
The Commanders get the ball back after Denver scores on a double DB blitz. Mims burns the safety over the top, and I thought it was a great throw from Russell Wilson to hit him perfectly in stride. This was a an interesting drive from Washington. All right, down 14 to 3. You had a two-yard run from Gibson to start the drive. And Bienemy goes with more of this pre-snap motion here, and he brings Curtis Samuel in the backfield with Antonio Gibson. The problem, the play action was sniffed out by the Denver defense. They blew it up, forcing an incomplete pass, and it's third and long. This was a third and long, which is not a good situation for Hal. What happens? He takes the sack. It looked to me like he took forever to throw the ball. He had open receivers. The replay shows he was locked into McLaurin. And look, you're going to see a young quarterback make this mistake often. Look, Terry McLaurin made a great play later in the game where Hal was locked in on him, and he made a 30-yard touchdown throw, right? But on this play, he was locked into McLaurin, who had safety, health over top. He had Dotson, Gibson, and Logan Thomas. All of them were open and had open space to pick up the first down. It was a bad play from Howell, and the commanders were forced to punt. At that point, the momentum was completely gone after the first two drives. Denver would go up 21-3. 21-3, the momentum's gone. Eric Bieniemy's got to make some big-time play calls, and that's what he did. We'll break down the rest of my film review coming up later on in the program. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. How did the Commanders go from down 21-3 to up 35-24? We'll get to that later on in the show. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard right here on 910, the fan, on the Odyssey app here in Richmond. You can just search 910, the fan, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Just check out this show. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and sports. Gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. So, the Commanders are hosting the Buffalo Bills this Sunday. And right now, we go behind enemy lines on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He covers the Bills up in Buffalo. It's Joe DiBiase, Sneaky Joe Sports. What's going on, Joe? Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm doing great. So, let's just start with this. How is Buffalo health-wise this week? Are there any big injuries? There are not. They've been pretty good health-wise. Just waiting for Von Miller to come back. But otherwise... Some nagging stuff, but I don't think any of their important players, like the, every scratch this week should be a healthy scratch, so they should be pretty clean. What's been the talk in Buffalo about how this offensive line with the Bills will hold up against the commander's pass rush? It's been actually a really exciting start for their offensive line. That's a unit that they have not had a lot of success from. In the Josh Allen years, they've had average to below average lines pretty much every year, but this year, through two games, they have some of the best protection rates in the NFL. Um, the rookie, Osiris Torrance, they drafted in the second round. He started right away at guard and has been great. Um, so really, on the overall, I think it's, this will be their best, their biggest challenge, though. The Jets' defensive line is very strong, um, no doubt, but I think this will be maybe another challenge. Biggest might be, you know, disrespectful to the Jets, but <laughs> I think they're lines held up, and I think that if they can get through this team, then I think it's clear sailing ahead for uh, for their line. 
It's Sneaky Joe with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network pregame, also mornings on WGR 550. Joe, um, so last year the team had so much confidence, right? And then they lose in that playoff game. And then week one, the terrible start against the Jets. Do you think the team gained all their confidence back last week against the Raiders? Yeah, I do. I think they really needed that. I think Allen needed it. I think the quarter, maybe the offense as a whole, the, the fans really needed it because that was a tough, embarrassing loss yeah. to come right out with in week one. And Allen, man, like, he faced the music. Like, he had, he lost them that football game. And it takes a lot for the whole fan base to get on Allen as the reason why they lost the game. I mean, they finally have a franchise quarterback. He gets as much of the benefit of the doubt as possible. Um, but he lost in that football game. He was trying to do too much. He was throwing picks that he shouldn't have been throwing. And week two was, I'm just going to take what's here. And I'm not going to ever force the ball down the field. The Raiders backed up the whole game and basically said, all right, Alan, we're going to bet on you. You, you might check it down and take the, the six, seven-yard throws, you know, 10, 15 times in a row. But if you attempt 40 passes, we bet you're going to give it to us two or three times down the field. And Allen went through a whole game and didn't do that. It's a game that Mahomes has a lot, where mm-hmm. Mahomes, he's fine going through a game and not getting bored with the short stuff. And Allen, you know, sometimes he'll have a game where he does get bored. And you know what? I was going to chuck it 50 yards into double coverage. <laughs> um, so it was a good sign to see him in week two say, I don't care that you're going to give me, you know, the six, seven-yard throws. I'm going to take it the whole day. Bills are coming off of the 38-10 to victory over the Vegas Raiders, in which they ran the ball as a team for 183 yards. It was James Cook. It was Damian Harris. Latavius Murray also got into the end zone. Who do you expect to get the majority of the handoffs at running back this Sunday? It's going to be Cook. They have been treating him like the number one really since the start of training camp. They committed to him. Uh, He is the featured back. He's their most well-versed back, too. Um, he doesn't have the size or the power that Harris or um, Murray do, but if you look at yards after contact stats so far this year, Cook's a top five back in the league. I don't think that's going to hold up. That might be a couple of games inflating his numbers because he's definitely not a running back that's going to break a ton of tackles, but he's just really smooth. He is – Alvin Kamara is the best comparable I have just for his running style. I'm not even saying – he'll ever be as good as Kamara. That's a high bar. But he's, he's hard to pin down, like, all right, who's the running back in the league that he doesn't even look like the most explosive back, but he's quick and he's just smooth. And I think, like, Kamara is good for that. Maybe Le'Veon Bell used to have that style. Like, that is the, the, the comps that Cook's getting stylistically right now. Mm-hmm. And the Bills, I think, see that, and they're treating him like the number one. So far, so good. So I would not expect – um, Harris and Murray to be more than just you know change of pace. Yeah, and, and I am worried about James Cook's speed to get to the outside, and that has burned Washington in the past. You know they struggle against backs with the quickness to get past our defensive line. That is definitely the strength on the defensive side of the ball. What about Washington? From what you've seen from two games, worries you guys a little bit? Well, I mean the quarterback not being bad might be like number one. <laughs> Hey, listen, like, from from however many miles away, how far is Buffalo from uh, from Richmond? I don't know. But, like, I looked at that and thought, really? Fifth-round pick from last year that started one game. You're just going to go the whole offseason 
with him as the number one, all right. Like, I was very skeptical of that. And, again, only two games, week two. There's a lot of overreaction in the league. But, hey, I'm willing to overreact to that pass he made to Terry McLaurin. I think that was the best pass any player made in the league last week. The back camera angle on the all-22, throwing it into double coverage like that, like, to me, again, that's only one throw. But that shows me that that guy is not afraid to uncork it and throw it deep. And a lot of times when you get day three picks in the NFL that find their way into starting jobs, Gardner Minshew's a name that comes to mind. They don't really throw the ball down the field that much. Yeah. Like, they want to play it safe. They don't just want to not turn the ball over. And I think Howell has shown through two games that he's got arm talent and he's got a willingness to put the ball, you know, in harm's way. But, listen, you got three great receivers. Um, you should be willing to do that. So, the passing offense looking competent. The defensive line we've talked about a little bit here. Like, I think the commanders are just a pretty solid-looking overall team. I still think the Bills should win the football game, but I would expect more of a challenge than what they saw from the Raiders last week, who I, you know, the Raiders I don't think are going to be much to ride home with this year. I love your breakdown of Hal there, because I I totally feel like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, My take has been he's playing like a rookie that should have been drafted in the first round because the highs are high and the lows aren't that low. He hasn't made too many terrible mistakes except for the the fumble week one against Arizona. It seems like you're leaning towards this being a high-scoring shootout, or do you think it could be a defensive battle? Um, I might go in, in the in-between. I, I would expect some points. I wouldn't expect a defensive slugfest by any means. Um, I wouldn't think it would get out of hand, though. I think the Bills' defense is too solid. Um you know, through a couple of games, like, they had their way with the Raiders. Like, Josh Jacobs is the first time in NFL history that a reigning rush champion had negative yardage in a game the following season. The Bills held Josh Jacobs to that. And week one, like, part of it is it's Zach Wilson, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. These aren't the biggest tests at quarterback. But the Bills, you know, have been this good on defense for years. So I don't think the, the, that the commanders go off on the Bills by any means. Somewhere between 20, 25 points might feel right. And, again, I have enough respect for the commander's defense. I don't think the Bills are going to put 45 up on them. Um, So, yeah, somewhere in the middle. I bet both teams will score between 20 and 35 points and, you know, you figure out, you know, from there how, you know, big a margin – uh, the game will end up between the Bills commanders. Yeah, we're kind of on the same page there because I've been saying it's a race to 30 points. It's Joe DiBiase with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network pregame show. I'll tell you this. I think Washington's X Factor for the game is going to be tight end Cole Turner. They drafted him last year to be a red zone guy. He got hurt and it derailed his season. He was my preseason MVP. And then last week, Logan Thomas suffers that concussion, so he'll be out. Cole Turner will get more snaps and more targets this week. Who do you think Buffalo's X Factor is going to be? Could it be Dalton Kincaid or someone else? Oh, good one. Um, t- ter- I still can't believe Kareem Jackson didn't get suspended for that, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> I would – it's a good question. Like, Kincaid, I don't even know whether to call him an X-Factor because, like, X-Factor usually under-the-radar type guy, and Kincaid is, like, a focal point. Like, not to the level of Diggs. Um, but against zone coverage, he has – I think I think it's six targets on the year for the Bills that Diggs is seven and then nobody else is above three. Like, against certain coverages, like, Kincaid is a go-to guy for Allen. So he, I guess, could qualify for this because he doesn't necessarily have, like, a breakout game yet. Um I might want to go with the X-Factor, though, being Greg Rousseau. Like, this player is – 
he is up and coming. Like he has not got the sacks yet uh, so far this year, but he has had his way with the two tackles that have lined up against him in weeks one and two. He is getting pressures nonstop. He has been dominant in the run game. This was a first-round pick that the Bills were hoping for big things from, and he's been good, but he hasn't necessarily broke out through two years. And through a couple of games, he looks unstoppable. So the sack numbers haven't translated yet for that, but if he keeps playing the way he does, the sacks will come, and I think he'll be up top. He'll be a double-digit sack guy for sure this year. So with no Von Miller, Leonard Floyd's a little banged up with an ankle injury. Um, I'd put Rousseau in there because I think he's been great, and I think he's going to be very relied upon in this game. I'm glad you brought that up because I do think it could come down to which quarterback stays upright. Uh, more throughout the game. I mean, Josh Allen taking seven sacks. I say if Washington sacks Josh Allen five times uh, straight out of the playbook of the New York Jets that the Commanders can win this game. But if Sam Howell is getting dropped left and right and and maybe he fumbles uh, a a sack, a strip sack, then the Commanders are going to be screwed in this one. I do think that my biggest concern, this is kind of like the opposite of X-Factor, I think, is the Bills' number two corner, Christian Benford, coming into this game. This is something I've been talking about in the air this week. Mm. Like, they they can't get beat big there because Benford is a question mark. Six-round pick from last year, they've liked him. I mean, he beat out their first-round pick, Kyrie Elam, back-to-back seasons. So the Bills like something about him, but his results in games last year just didn't translate. And through two weeks, like, he has not been tested. Um, week two, a lot saw a lot of Randall Cobb, saw a lot of Alan Lazard because they've been matching Tredavious White up against um, Garrett Wilson and Adams. So Benford didn't have a test week one. And then last week, I don't, the Raiders must just hate Hunter Renfro because he wasn't <laughs> even on the field. They're playing special teamers against Benford. And here comes, I mean, who? I mean, Tredavious White is shadowing the number one receiver more than any corner in the league through two weeks at 70%. I don't know who that is. That could be McLaurin. That could be Dotson. But to me, who? maybe Samuel, but... I know he plays more on the slot sometimes. I think whoever is going up against Christian Benford, like that is my biggest you know, concern point for this game is can Benford hang with whoever he's going up against? Because at this point, I would expect whoever Tredavious White's not covering to, go, to potentially go off in this game. Yeah, and I think the Commanders will try the home run ball early in this one. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. That's Sneaky Joe. Follow him on social media at Sneaky Joe Sports, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. It's simple. Call AWOD. You could be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Shout out to Double Elvis, who's listening. He says, we need to look at the weather forecast. He believes lots of high school, college, and regional pro football games will be affected by Tropical Storm Ophelia Friday evening through Sunday. It does look like a ton of rain expected for Landover, Maryland on Sunday. Does that change your thoughts for the game at all as we bring in Michael Phillips for a little crosstalk? No, I, I think this is going to be – I think the teams are still going to pass and going to be able to pass, going to pass. I think it would have to be a true downpour for these teams not to try to win through the air. Yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, look, the, the strength of both teams is to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, Washington, I think, can run better than Buffalo, but they're going to want to air it out, and we haven't seen them really 
hit the home run ball yet. Is the longest pass Howell's made the 31 to McLaurin? Yeah, and he keeps like I mean, dude, that's a highlight for all time right there, just the yeah. way he stepped up into that. I'm, I'm still impressed by that one, and obviously he had the six yards of end zone that don't count, so the 37-yarder. 37-yarder, if we want to be technical. he I keep waiting for him to uncork one early to McLaurin. I hope that play last week is a good omen. I think it's going to happen in the first quarter yeah. against Buffalo, but not to McLaurin after hearing Sneaky Joe. Sneaky, Sneaky Joe. Joe Sports. Not very confident in their second corner, which means that could be a matchup nightmare going against Jahan Dotson. What do you think about Jahan Dotson going deep? Nobody loves Jahan Dotson more than me. I, I I view his strength as being a route runner, you know, a crisp route runner kind of guy. I'd love to send him deep just because I don't think anybody sees it coming. Yeah. I think he's got the ability, obviously. I don't think people view that as his strength, though. Um, so as a potential uh, little, you know, change of pace. Uh, but I think Terry's got to get the first deep ball. All right, Thursday night football tonight, 8-15 on Amazon Prime. Giants travel to face off against the San Francisco 49ers. Let me hear a little NFL theme music, Christopher, as we break down this matchup here. Now, I know you have a rule about Thursday night football. I'm tapping the sign. We don't play Thursday night football. No bets. No bets. All Bet right. The- the bets are look. If you wanna, if you wanna put five bucks on a fun parlay just to have some fun, I, I've done. We're all guilty of that. We've all done that. We don't, we don't play Thursday. We don't Survivor Pool Thursday night football. We don't, we don't play for high stakes <laughs> on Thursday night football. I'm tabbing the sign. We don't play Thursday night football. Well, the problem is. I'm a bit of a degenerate. I'm going to play <laughs> Thursday Night Football. I said earlier this week, I don't think the Giants are as bad as they were in the first six quarters of the NFL season. Yes. I think they cover the spread against San Francisco. It's 10.5 points. Thursday nights are always ugly. Feels like it's going to yeah. be low scoring. There will be a fluke touchdown here or there. I think the Giants could keep it close. San Francisco still wins, but 10.5 is a huge spread. Yeah, that that's a reaction to the way the Niners have been beating people. But you're telling me if the Niners are up 10 in the second half, they're going to keep running McCaffrey? I don't see it. They're sending McCaffrey straight to the bench. Yep. Have a nice long weekend. We'll catch you on Wednesday at practice. I, I, I agree with you. That's a lot of points for something where I, I really think they're going to take their foot off the gas if they're ahead. So Michael Phillips is participating in our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. We've got 22 people from the office participating. Everyone put in $5. They bought back in. I mean, the pot is growing. It's going to be juicy. Juicy. It's going to be really juicy. So uh, week one, you went with the Minnesota Vikings, bought back in. You went with the Cowboys. Who do you like week three? All right. I think there's some really good plays on the board, and I'm going to give you a little note of caution as well. Um, I, I, before I build a, before I make my pick, I really like Detroit at home against Atlanta. I think a very nice bounce back setup for them. I think you have to love Baltimore hosting Indianapolis. Uh, I, I think that's a really good pick potentially. The team I'm going to go with, the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Houston Texans. I think Jacksonville's good, but not so good that, like, I want them in my back pocket forever. Like, I'm going to take my dub. I'm going to keep Baltimore on the board. I'm going to keep Detroit on the board. I think those are more – there's better long-team play. But here's what I am on crosstalk to tell you, Adam Epstein. I'm putting the Kansas City Chiefs on notice this weekend. Whoa. I'm putting Whoa. the Kansas City Chiefs on notice hosting the Chicago Bears – Justin Fields coming to Arrowhead. It's been a disaster of a week in Chicago. Are the Bears going to raid the Chiefs' backfield? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because we, we root for a team that doesn't have any like raids or anything yeah, like I that. Know, right? that. That was so far They've in the never been to our training staff. That yeah. was so long ago. Yeah. Like That was a totally different ownership group. Uh, I The Chiefs 
have, have an annual letdown. You remember last year that Houston Tech, that Houston Texans took them to overtime. Yep. Uh, Chicago has had a terrible week. Sometimes teams are a little feisty. You get that in Wall Street. They call that the dead cat bounce. Mm-hmm. If you drop a dead cat from high enough, it'll bounce. That <laughs> that's the Bears this week. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. So I want to go back to your Jags pick for a second here. Just because I give the Texans a fighting chance because I think, would you argue C.J. Stroud has been the best of the three rookie quarterbacks getting playing he's, time? He's shown some things. I, yeah. I, I really do, and I, I love both their first-round picks. So yeah, I think they, they did very well. Yeah, so I, I look, I, I think there's a chance that they're able to keep it close uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, the, I think the juiciest games of the week are actually not even this weekend. We gotta wait till Monday night. Two of them, good games. Eagles undefeated, Bucks undefeated. That game's from Tampa, Florida, and then the Rams, Bengals. Those are my two juiciest games of the weekend. I, I, I'm worried that Tampa's gonna fold. Like this is kind of their first, you know. Like there, there's a lot of hype, two and zero, a lot of Baker Mayfield hype. I worry they're gonna fold, and it'll be like Eagles by twenty. But if they don't, if they're for real, uh, I mean, and look, that receiving core. Is insane. And at home, they should be able to keep it close. This is a lesson to all you young quarterbacks out there. This you know, I got to chase the money. You got to go wherever they where they pay you the most. Baker Mayfield went to a place where he has great receivers, is set up for success, and now we're rewriting the book on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we're rewriting they also have the good book. defense too. Well, That's going to help. Exactly. Is if I could be in a room with Dak Prescott for three minutes, <laughs> what I would explain to him is stop chasing that extra five million dollars. Take. Take what you take. You're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Build the team. I promise right. Imagine you. Imagine if they had Amari Cooper still. I promise you, you would rather have Amari Cooper than that extra money because you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. When you win the Super Bowl, you will make so much more than that extra money you <laughs> held out for. So much. You you get to be in the broadcast booth for the rest of your life if you're the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> coach and you win a Super Bowl. The quarterback, you win a Super Bowl. Those are the rules. AWOD certified game of the week, guaranteeing that viewers around the country, football fans, no matter what team you root for, will enjoy this game that's coming up at 245 last week's certified game of the week i gotta admit i picked it wrong i picked chiefs jags ended up being a stinker the certified game of the week probably was broncos against washington uh, the, with the hail mary just the cherry on top there at the end thrilling finish look the chiefs game was close you identified a close game you just didn't identify an interesting game yeah totally agree there could bills against the commanders be the game of the week oh i hope so wouldn't that be so much i now your rain is scaring me a little bit you're putting a little <laughs> bit of a scare into me there but i look Get Sam Howell rolling. Eric Bieniemy is not afraid to throw the football. This defensive line is not afraid to get after the quarterback. I think Chase Young's going to have a say in how this goes. If we get a little Chase Young pressure combined with everybody else, if, if Deron Payne plays, that's a big one for me. Uh, Deron Payne's out would scare me away. Y- you, you're a little more in on it than I am, but but be in all the way because if the commanders are for real, this is a game to circle. That's Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. When we return, the Richmond Commander phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. How does Washington stack up against Buffalo? And I'll continue my film review from the Commanders against the Broncos. That's coming up next on the Richmond Commander.